Hello and welcome to Duelist Unity Raw, episode five. I am ready in whatever way that really means, but I'm just feeling without so much idea of myself, perception of myself that inherently holds us back from doing what we've always wanted to do, experiencing all of the potential that we have available to us in every single moment. If we're simply willing to let go of the fictions that we cling to for a false sense of certainty, you're it. And I would just like to say quickly that although some of the things that we talk about can sometimes be triggering, they really do come from a place of empathy. They really do come from a place where we recognize that we're all in this together, that we are all sharing the experience of existence. And regardless of our exterior, regardless of what we're going through in the world around us, we all suffer through uncertainty. We all suffer through fear and suffering and the urge to think about ourselves as a way of coping with that. This is something that is common to all of us. And it creates a great deal of pain for us on top of the pain of the world that we've created through that lens. And so it's very important to me that you find a way to be free so that you're not so conflicted with the world so that way you're not always worried about your perceived value. It's important to me in the same way that my life is important to me. And so for that reason, I'm willing to say things that I know are going to get me looked at as a villain, that I know are going to make people uncomfortable simply because the thing that we're talking about is the nature of the illusion that they have invested in for value. And as I said earlier, the truth always sounds harsh to an illusion that's based on the avoidance of it. That's why it seems harsh, because we're avoiding it. If we weren't avoiding it, it would be easy. And that's the importance of questioning yourself. That's the importance of questioning all of your self-concepts and all of your self-image to the point of recognizing their tools. They do not rule you and they do not define your value. Your value is immeasurable. So with all that said, I hope you enjoy this iteration of Dualistic Unity Raw. What is this? Dualistic Unity Raw number five. Yep. Which is great. Um, admittedly, we've had a little bit of dialogue that has happened as a result of the last few live shows, specifically in the conversation that we were having, I believe, on uh, Dualistic Unity Raw number three about gender pronouns. And at the time, what we were talking about was not gender pronouns. That's not where the conversation originated at all. I think that that's something that unfortunately was kind of assumed because of where the clip started. But we were talking about identity. We were talking about identity as its own mechanism that has its own function. And we were talking about religion in or belief rather in kind of the same way that often not recognizing belief is its own thing it is its own problem we will leave one belief like christianity and then fall into another belief that is different enough to feel different but we don't recognize is still belief it's still based on the fiction it's still based on the idea of yourself like there is still a consequence to belief itself and so we never address it that way. And what we were saying is that identity is very much the same way that there are portions of our lives where we, will, where we will tackle identity and then other portions where we won't. 
And it's because we don't recognize identity itself is the, the problem. Identity is what creates the consequence. It's what, crea it's what creates the illusion that causes conflict with the world around us. Now, that isn't to say that you shouldn't establish boundaries. That's a different thing, but we're talking about the subjective experience of causing more harm to yourself than you need to cause by clinging to an idea more than is, is probably healthy. And so we were using the example of gender pronouns. We were using the example of gender identity because it's a perfect example. We have an idea or rather society had this ingrained habitual idea that we clung to for a sense of certainty of what he and she meant. That became so restrictive, it became such a prison that we actually forced our way out of it and we started creating other pronouns, which on the one hand is incredibly healthy, like it's the next evolution for mankind in so many ways, like these are serious, serious narrow pathways that we stuck to forever, right? And they expanded over time until finally we, we burst out of it entirely. But the danger, like bursting out of Christianity and falling into another religion afterwards is breaking out of identity and then falling into the habit of believing in another identity because you don't recognize that identity itself was the cause of the consequence. It was the idea that your image of yourself is where value is derived, that it's reflective of truth. That's really the only point that we're making is that if you're so caught up thinking that your idea of yourself is the truth of you, you're going to be in conflict with anybody that doesn't abide by that, anybody who doesn't know that. And it really does depend on the degree that you are focused on that self-image being truth. And I know a few people in the comment section have said, well, I've never, seen, I've never seen a trans person get upset about somebody not knowing their pronouns. I very much have, and so have other people. And it's more or less sometimes habitual where you will meet a, a trans woman or a trans man and you will accidentally say he or she, Right? And there will be a reaction, often because there is some insecurity. And obviously, that's, that's normal, that's fine. But as with every other insecurity, you still have to, to keep a lock on that stuff. Like You still have to understand that not everybody's going to know your triggers. That, that's the whole point. And so I just find it really interesting that, that this conversation turned into something that it was never intended to be, right? but that it's almost it's almost taken on like a religious undertone, right? It, it's to the point where you're not in this religion, you have no right to question this religion. It's like, mm, we're all human. Like we're all going through the same stages of ego development. We're, still, we're all still going through the journey of going from no idea of ourselves to an idea of ourselves to freedom. So I think that the, this whole thing has been largely taken out of context, but. I want to say, we knew that. We knew that when we had this discussion because anything you identify with, you are immediately going to have triggers about. If we were threatening, if we were questioning identity in terms of religion, many people in the trans community would go, yeah. And religious people would go, well, where's your empathy? 
right? Why? Well, because we're questioning the thing that those people identify with. So there are naturally going to be triggers. The same is true for anything. It doesn't matter which group we talk about. We're always talking about the ego. And so if you identify with that group, you're not going to like this conversation. We expect that. We know that it's part of what we're talking about. If anything, that discomfort should be driving the point home. Yeah, conflict with reality and expectation. And I think the core of, of this message we're getting across is that your value isn't derived from any thought, any idea, any concept any label, especially not any identity, but because we're standing on such shaky ground thinking that, you know, our value is derived from people, you know, respecting our identity, respecting the illusion that we cling to for the false sense of certainty. We're relying on that in order to feel better. And it's fascinating how applicable this is and that any situation, anything anyone identifies as, you know, the closer it is to what they believe the truth of what they are is, the deep, more deeply rooted that identity is, the more backlash you're going to get for questioning it. But it's the same conversation. It's the same thing, whether it's politics, religion, gender identity, it's the same exact fucking thing over and over and over and over. And anytime we hold on to it as truth, it's always going to create conflict between yourself and the reality that you perceive that you're separate from, that you aren't actually separate from because you are. You're it. You are reality. There's no label that could express the truth of what you are or, or raise your value or lower your value. That's the root of what we're saying. And because you know, gender identity is such a hot topic, there's so many people who have identified as it within the group say that they derive their value from defending it. You know, people who maybe aren't identified as it, they derive their value from, you know, being a good person who defends this identity. And it's so funny how, as Ray said, if we were questioning religion, there'd be people backing us up in the same people who are super pissed at us right now, the same exact core expression would get two vastly different responses depending how you identify. That's it. And that's exactly why I followed this video up with me wearing a dress, saying I'm not a saying I'm not a man wearing a woman's dress, just reality wearing clothing. It always comes down to taking those concepts and beliefs and ideas and identities and and things that we think that we are to be the truth because you're never what you think you are. Never a thought, never a concept, you're never a belief, you're never a story. And it's the same thing. Those two videos seem vastly different. People are saying all different sorts of things about both of them. It's the same exact message, same exact message, not even slightly different at all. At its core, it's exactly the same, just like me and you. And no identity that you hold on to is going to change that one bit. But the closer you cling, the harder you cling more firmly you cling to that false sense of certainty that gives you some relative perception of where you exist in reality, 
always cut you off, always exacerbate that suffering that you're so earnestly trying to avoid. It's the same thing over and over and over and over. And we don't see, see when, when we encounter that, that defensive response, we're not judging you for it. We understand where it's coming from. That's why I said we, we see it coming, right? And it's because we go through the same thing ourselves. And it's so interesting how often it's just, oh, you're white, cisgender, males, you know, in this society. Therefore, you've never had to question yourself. Therefore, you've never been judged for something that you identify with or that you feel isolated or you've never had to deal with the fact that your identity isn't the truth. This is depression. Like the, the, the epidemic that goes across our, across our society, depression is entirely this. It's the same conversation. And that's not based on which gender you are or what color you are, is it? Nobody would say that about depression. Okay, but we're talking about the same journey. We're talking about the same consequence. We're talking about the same problem, just expressed a different way in a different facet of our lives. So that's the only thing. I've had numerous people ask me like, what right do you have to chime in on this? I exist like you do. Like I'm still in the same boat that you are. I'm not saying that we're in the same boat in terms of, of our environment by any means. And that's the other thing I want to bring up is the fact that everybody keeps saying that just because we're saying to trans people, which isn't the case, but just because we're saying to people, you don't have to let assholes drag you down as much that we are basically letting the assholes off the hook. And that's not the case at all. The message was specifically about identity. It was about identifying and taking that too seriously. Why do you think assholes are assholes? Where do you think that hate comes from? It comes from taking their identity too seriously and their, their, their image of you and your identity. And there's that rift, there's that gap between you. So the lesson that we're sharing, the insight that we're talking about works on both sides. Take yourself slightly less seriously. That's not to say that you can't ask somebody to call you by a certain pronoun. It's just that getting bent out of shape if they don't. And again, you can say, well, I've never done that. And good, I'm glad. That's awesome. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. That doesn't mean that somebody listening to this right now didn't lose their shit on someone in a coffee shop today for misgendering them. Why? Because we're all on different parts of the path. We all get reactive to something at some point depending on how we identify. It doesn't matter on the identity. This is the point we keep making. It doesn't matter what the journey is that you're identifying with. It has the same consequences. This is all we're trying to communicate, right? And that you're not your identity. Doesn't mean you can't use it. Doesn't mean you can't call yourself whatever you want, right? Doesn't mean you can't establish boundaries in your life based on that. That's fine. Do that. But don't limit yourself. Don't hold on to something that stops you from growing in a, whole, in a whole new direction later. Because think about it. If you did that up till now, you would have never become trans. This is the result of you pushing your limits. This is the result of you questioning yourself. Why would you want to let go of the single biggest advantage that you've ever had in your life? Finding yourself. Continue to do that.
That's all we're saying. Yeah, and, and really with that clip, there has been multitude of responses, different variations of responses from the trans community as well. A lot of people in our Discord community who've expressed that, yeah, makes a lot of sense because our intention was the opposite of being harmful. It was the opposite of being conflictive and, and hurtful. The, the extreme opposite. It is meant to be helpful. It is meant to allow you to recognize that when you hold on to something so tightly and expect it to be validated and responded to and reacted to in a certain way by all of the rest of reality, you're going to cause conflict between yourself and what is. You're going to cause yourself more suffering. That's, that's really what it came down to. That's all we were saying in that clip. We're, we're trying to help. It wasn't meant to be hurtful or harmful or mean or disrespectful. We were just expressing that when you hold on to expectations and a, and a need for anyone to do anything for you, don't take responsibility for your own actions and feelings and reality, you're going to suffer more. Always. It's, it's all it comes down to. So, yeah, that's most of what I have to say about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, because, I mean, it's always, it's, I think this is the reason that we haven't really gotten into some of this stuff for this amount of time is because we really wanted to establish the foundation of what we've been talking about over three seasons. And we have, we have tackled almost everything from the perspective of how identity distorts the experience that we're having, how identity gets in our way and, and actually limits our, our potential and limits our capacity to grow and empathize and come together. We have tackled numerous different topics throughout the last three seasons, but there are topics now that we're getting into that admittedly we know are delicate. We understand that there are going to be emotions because these are identities that are, are currently in flux and at play in a big way in society, right? Religion, we can tackle all day long because there's enough people who have come away from religion to at least a certain degree to go, yeah, it's kind of weird. In which case we can have that conversation, right? But now you have a new mentality that's coming to the surface, several new mentalities that's coming to the surface. I'm not just talking about uh, gender neutral pronouns or, or, or the trans community at all um, there's just new mentalities coming to the surface but that doesn't mean they're not under the same threat of the same old trappings of identity right and belief and this idea that you know oh we're in this together that's what gives this power it's like no you give it power you give all of the change that you're going through all of the changes society is going through power and back to the other thing i wanted to say as well in terms of how society is is oppressing people of certain pronouns because they're not recognizing those pronouns. I would like to also say that same message, society's doing that largely because we've habitually used these pronouns, right? And, and so there's this old world mentality that's resisting change because it identifies that way. And the more that we, the more that we can collectively question identity, the more society will change. 
But that's the point. It's getting to that tipping point. And we can only do that by recognizing the common root of all of this that's driving us apart. The fiction of identity. Our value is immeasurable. That is the only thing we need to say. And I, I've had this response to our, our clip that you understand that gender-affirming surgery and, and gender-affirming therapy saves lives. Right. So would the understanding that your value is immeasurable. That would save a lot of lives for everyone. So let's focus on that, right? Rather than trying to mitigate peace or, or rather, rather than trying to, I don't know, encourage this lifelong fixation of trying to be something, let's just teach our kids that they're everything they need to be right now by knowing it ourselves. Seems like we're taking the long way around here. You know, it's kind of like the argument that we we're making about gender pronouns. like. Yeah, we can use as many as we want, or we can solidly affirm that he and she don't mean anything in terms of the role we play or how we view ourselves. We can just destroy those concepts. We can break them wide open so that way nobody ever feels bound by that narrow goddamn corridor I was mentioning earlier. You know, we don't have to flee them. It was like the idea of God. So you're like, oh, well, if you're using God, you got to refer to it in the religious sense. No, I don't. No, I don't. You know, I can take that concept, rip it wide open, turn it into something way more useful and, and establish bridges with it. Right? Like that's the whole point. We have to be willing to just rip this shit up and find the common ground. Isn't that the point of all of this? Yeah, it, it comes down to the difference between patching on more band-aids or actually looking at the cure actually wanting to figure out what the root of it is and what the potential cure could be. But instead, we're just latching on to more Band-Aids. We think, you know, we've been wounded and we're like, all right, just put another Band-Aid on it. Like, or, you know, we can look at maybe solving it, you know, figuring it out, figuring out what's the common denominator with all of this suffering we experience throughout our lives comes back to you know the idea of you the story you tell yourself we have a, a comment here i'm going to interrupt you for one second because i think this is important i apologize no, i good. know you're going to go on another tear and we're good that way but this idea that okay why is it why is it not okay to demand that other people call me by my pronouns isn't it just respect am i not just asking them for respect and my point is always this, expectation has nothing to do with respect. If you respect somebody, you don't expect anything from them, right? So it, there's no reciprocity here. Like you're asking for respect from others, but you're not giving them the respect of allowing them to understand what's happening. Like you're just demanding that they do this thing. That in itself is not respectful. So to ask for respect while not giving respect seems counterintuitive. It seems single-minded, right? It's like you're focused on yourself. These people may not understand where you're coming from. They may have a lot of triggers in between because of how they identify. 
demanding that they just use a pronoun that you're comfortable with doesn't ease that gap for them. It makes it harder, if anything. And so it's so important to recognize that while you are, you are asking people to recognize your preferred pronouns out of empathy, you have to empathize that some people don't know how to do that yet. Empathy goes full circle, it goes both ways. And it's so easy to just focus on yourself. And I'm not saying this to the trans side of this argument, I'm saying this to both sides of this argument. If you're focused on yourself, you can't build that bridge. Okay? You have to let go of your pain in order to see that other people suffer too in a different way, but it's the reason that they're, it's the reason misery loves company, right? When we're suffering, we cause suffering and we're not going to get out of that loop so long as we are focused on the suffering because then we're looking for the villain, right? And we're not healing. And I think that's the point of all of this, is it not? So that way we can all be what it is we are without other people who are suffering coming down on us because they don't understand and they don't have the clarity to see because they're not being themselves. That's the only way we get out of this. It's not through enforcing what other people should do. It's getting to a point where live and let live. Like how simple is that? Yeah, it's it's like with the respect example, we're cherry cherry picking respect based on our preference based on how it feels to us, but it's not one-sided. Like it's gotta be two-sided. And again, like just to reinforce this, like we're not anti people using different pronouns by any means. There were people on my team at work who went by they, them, and I absolutely respected it. And I would let people know on my team, if they weren't aware, if someone was new that, Hey, you know, this person, goes by they them just to let them know so they're aware because someone comes in they wouldn't know unless they you know were told or actively reached out if someone from a country that never has come across you know this type of conversation or these types of things they're not even going to comp- be able to comprehend what's happening and so to think that you know they off the bat should know and i know as we've said, most people are, they aren't, you know, gut reactive. They don't immediately lash out if they're mis misgendered or, uh, you know, miss the incorrect pronouns are used. It's, but you know, it has to be conversation, but it's the expectation that causes the conflict that reinforces the suffering every single time. And it's going to restrict you from being free. Like any time, we hold on to an idea or a concept and then hold on to the idea or concept, believing that it's what we are, or it's intrinsically an aspect of us, you're never going to be free. That's all we're trying to get across here. Is there, there is a way to be free, but it's not through adding labels. It's not through adding identities. It's not finding a different identity than the one you used to have from letting it go and recognizing none of them are the truth. And it's simply a tool. It's simply a plaything that allows us to more conveniently exist as reality among reality. And that's all it is. Yeah, that really is all this is about. And that's not to say you shouldn't call yourself whatever you want. Call yourself what 
whatever you want, whatever you want. That that's the one thing that I think blew my mind the most about the first clip was how many people were saying like, oh, this is telling people that they have to abide by society's norms in terms of gender pronouns. I'm like, no, didn't say that at all. But it's interesting because by that point of the video, people have already be become offended, right? And it's so interesting because I know this from myself, just going through the things I used to identify with as a whole. As soon as you're offended, it's like you're not there anymore. Like there's this short period where you're just you're just not listening to what's happening anymore. You're going through everything in your head. So I, I think that was that was entertaining and, and kind of interesting to watch because most of the conversations, and I said this a few times, were just me telling people, like, you're not listening to the video. Like you're taking this away. No, that's not what we said. Nope, that's not what we said. Nope. That's not what we said. And then finally, most of the conversations would just come to a point where the person I was talking to would go, oh, and leave. And what I find hilarious is how often they were demanding that we apologize, that we backtrack. There's none of that. When it became clear that I wasn't saying the thing that they were vilifying me for, there was, there was no apology. There was no backtracking. It's like, ah, crap, that made me look terrible. I'm gone. Which was our point. That was our point. Right. And that's it, is that reacting to that video was what we were talking about. And so everybody who reacted to that video thinking that they were somehow winning were blinded by the reaction, not understanding that they were giving ample, ample evidence to everyone else of the point that we were making. Right. So it's... It's not out of malice, it's we're doing it to ourselves, right? Even people with good intentions, potential allies suddenly become viewed as enemies. And how much progress are we getting in the way of because of just that? Like how many people just came out and they're like, you're cisgender white male. Yeah. Still in this with you. It doesn't. That doesn't actually mean anything about me. But then again, this is the brain's urge to oversimplify. Like how many people said, no, a trans person would never act like that. Really? Like all of them? Like you're sure. Because what we're saying, like you can't even say that about religion. That's the kind of thing that religion says. Oh, a Christian person would never act like that. Right? Everything is a spectrum of ego development we go from immature to mature in that spectrum. There's a host of things that we would do that don't depend on how we identify. We contradict our identity all the time, right? But what's happening is we're like, well, I view myself this way and it's a positive. Therefore, everybody else who identifies this way has got to be a positive. And that's the same trap that a rel that religion tends to fall into, right? And I'm talking by and large, I'm not talking everybody here. That's the other thing that somehow I feel compelled to say that though we're talking about, you know, the ego and, and dominant habitual responses to the ego, we're not saying everybody responds this way. You know, in the last video, I was saying that uh, the singular personal pronoun is it, which isn't to say that they, them isn't also appropriate. It's just that it is equally appropriate as a gender neutral pronoun. It's just not very nice. It doesn't feel good. And that was the point I was trying to make is that the ego is seeking validation. 
through an idea. It is a terrible idea. And that's kind of a clue of what the ego is up to. That was the entire point that I was trying to make. That was it. And everybody just kind of glommed onto that. Like, no, that's, that's absolutely right. Okay. But you see what the point is, right? And nobody did. Nobody was looking at the point at all. They were just, one person actually went out of their way to say, well, you said, you know, gender neutral pronouns are insidious. It's like, that wasn't what we said was insidious at all. We were talking about the ego being insidious, but that's what I mean. Like, it's so easy to forget that we tune out of reality. We do it all the time. It's not deliberate. It's not deliberate. Like it's in, and to say that we do it isn't an attack, right? It's happening. It feels like an attack because you're in an illusion that doesn't want to end, right? So it feels harsh. It feels like an attack because of that reason. Yeah. And just, I mean, the triggered responses, the, the conflict they experienced through the response is evidence enough of the issue right there. Like it's, it's right in front of our faces. The issue with clinging to identity is all of the responses that we've gotten. The like 1500 comments on that video that has like, like, I don't know, 7,000 likes or something like that's it right there. You can see it right there. That's the issue with clinging to identity, believing it to be the truth. The funny thing is too, with the assumption of, you know, the idea that a Christian person would never act that way. You know, a trans person would never act that way. Like, holy shit, you're just generalizing everyone, huh? Everyone's just fitting into a perfect little box for you based on your perception. How funny is that? That you're using that to try and get us and like entrap us and say like, oh, this person would never do this. You know, an, an ally would never do this. And like all of these assumptions that only exist inside of your mind. That's what you're basing your argument, discussion, whatever you want to call it off of is a bunch of assumptions. And especially, you know, the assumptions about the response for a community that you may not even be a part of. Like, that's one of the craziest things. Like, oh, I'm I'm a good person because I defend the, the fucking ego. That's what you're defending. You're defending the ego. And that's what everyone is always doing all the time, depending on how they identify. But it's all the same thing. It's all identity. It's all ego. And you think that, you're a better person for defending someone's right to take their identity as the truth. You're defending for them the root of all of their suffering, the root that continues to create conflict for them between them, themselves and reality. It's fucking nuts how it's coming out like, oh my God, like it's all the same thing, all of it, same exact thing. Call it whatever you want. It's all identity. It's all ego. It all creates conflict between yourself and what is here and now. And it all exists inside of your mind. That's the only place that it does. Yeah. Our mind. That's the point. We're in this with you. We're talking about this, but we're part of it. Like we're not outside of this. We have the same temptation to identify. God, that's funny. 
so many people are like, you don't understand what it is to go through this cisgender white male. You don't think that would be attempt, a tempting identity to glom onto for a sense of superiority? You don't think that that's just right there? Like, yeah, you could you could just think of yourself this way. How do you think that is? Do you, do you think that that it's questioning yourself all the time? You don't think that that would be like that's that's a hell of a, a jewel to hold on to the feeling of superiority over all living things, right? Because that's certainly how it's sold, right? But there's a cost to it. Disconnect from everyone, and you can only talk to other assholes, right? It's another prison. So this assumption that we don't understand what it is to have to wrestle with identity is unfortunately just self-validation. That's all it is. And I don't want to be cruel, but the fact is, is that pain can't be compared. We're all lost. We're all uncertain. We're all going through shit. We're all doing the best we can with what we have, with what life has dealt us. And based on what life has dealt us, our spectrum is that. That's that's the poles. You know, that, that's it. We've had a certain amount of pleasure and a certain amount of pain. That's the experience that we're having. So to me, my you know, pole of extreme pain is the same as your pole of extreme pain. Right? And, and pleasure as well. Right? It's just that you've had a different level of experience you've had a different spectrum but to assume and this is something that that often happens that we've never suffered because we look like your idea of people who've never suffered is just convenient and i say that because if anybody was to say it about you you would say well you don't know me Right? That's exactly the, the point that we're getting. Like we're talking about ego and people are saying, oh, you're talking about trans people. You don't know me. And then they'll make assumptions about us, right? Based on it, on, on a generality. Again, it's this merry-go-round, this back and forth where we're never settled and the bridge is never established is always going to be there. So long as we're trying to be right and we don't understand why we're trying to be right which is the conversation that we're having. So I just wanna say for the record, and, and this is largely um, like the experience I had at my previous job, I mentioned there was a graphic designer and, and he kind of took issue with me just being me and there was this like, you need to apologize. Yeah, I'm not apologizing. There's no apology coming for anything that was said. There's no retraction. I thought about what I was saying as I was saying it. I think about what I'm saying as I'm saying it. I know what my intentions are. There's no apology coming. We're in this together. What do I have to apologize for? Knowing that your value is immeasurable or the fact that you've been so caught up trying to measure your value that that simple fact is unsettling. Because that's not on me. Amen. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. You uh, you good to touch on a couple other things I've been chewing on? <laughs> Absolutely. I just wanted to make sure that we covered the elephant in the room before we yes. moved on because, specifically because, I desperately, desperately want to be able to get back to everybody else 
who was commenting and just say, hey, we've created a response that addresses all of your concerns, because that really is the, what we're doing here. There were a lot of concerns. There were a lot of questions that, despite trying to respond in text, doesn't come across. And I would also like to say, because I had a few accusations of being um, smart-mouthed and smarmy. It's my favorite word was smarmy. Um, when I am met with hostility, I openly use humor and nonchalance to deal with it. That's it. If you're going to come into the com into the comment section of our video and just start trying to shit on everyone, I'm going to laugh in your face. Because it's the most appropriate fucking thing to do. If you would like to contribute to the conversation, do so. Absolutely. But just like walking into a room where you're making it all about yourself and your pain, that's not how this works. So yeah, I, I, I'm not an enlightened guru. I don't come across as, as the kind of, like, I'll turn the other cheek, sure. But I'm going to say something about it. And so just, just be clear about that. I will respond in kind. And I have no problems doing it. But if you tone it down and you want to actually build a bridge, and this has happened in a few of those comment sections where finally it's like, okay, so what is the point of this? And then a conversation began. Like that was the whole point. That was the best part. That's why I do that unending responding to comments because I'm looking for that opportunity where all of a sudden the person goes, okay, I'm going to stop dealing with what I think you're all about and actually just ask you, right? And work through it. And that's the whole point. Like I'm willing to wait, let's get there, right? But often what happens is I will explain, explain, explain. Finally, they will go, oh, so what I was saying isn't what the case was. And then they just disappear. Yeah, Back to your subjects though. No, yeah. No, to close it off, we're not here to validate your expectations of us. Those are on you. There's no apology because there is no regret. We're we're talking about the same thing we've been talking about for a year and a half. Just happened to be diving into other topics now that seem to be more controversial because they're held more closely to the vest by the ego. It's all it is. And there's there's more concern for about it in our current state of being, but it's the same thing. People are more okay. We get, you know, we've been shitting on religion for a year now. Like, yeah, we get all sorts of responses, but people are questioning that all the time. There's a lot of people coming out of it, a lot of people that have been hurt by it, that have experienced a lot of trauma with it. So there's a little bit more of a balance and there's a little bit more of a uh recognition of the absurdity which you know religion's been around for a very long time this conversation is not it's like a baby relative to religion people don't like when you pick on babies because they're vulnerable and feel like they can't defend themselves because we haven't been able to see all of the repercussions of it we let religion run amok for a while sort of burn people to stake they, they tried to take over the entire fucking world. They kind of did. <laughs> and that's the insidious aspect of it that I was referring to. It's the ego. It's identity. 
will glom on to whatever it possibly can and flip it into believing that it's good for you and that it'll make you better. It'll cure all of your suffering. It's the devil in sheep's clothing. It's the devil whispering in Jesus's ear. You can have all of the kingdoms of the world, all of it. I'll, I'll release you from your suffering. You know, if you just, just identify, just rec- just believe that you're something separate. Just believe the story, believe the idea, believe the concept, and then fight for your right to hold on to it. That's all it's ever doing. There is no apology whatsoever because we're just questioning that same thing. It's always been questioned. And it's funny because the people who are getting mad about this, they see the absurdity in religion for the most part, generalization. Uh, that's weird. My Siri just popped up. Okay. Whatever. Um, gen- absolute generalization for sure. But a lot of times, you know, people getting triggered by this conversation don't tend to be incredibly religious because religion has fucked with a lot of these things that we're now talking about, but it's the same exact thing happening. Identity, ego, false sense of certainty <laughs> rooted in the perception of lack and that holding on to it is going to cure that lack. It's going to make it feel better, but it's not, never has, never will for all of eternity. That's all we're we're ever saying so <laughs> yeah and we're going to get to your questions in a section in a, in a moment but i just wanted to say if anybody thinks this is bad wait until we start questioning nationalism oh man we're just going to run through all of the uh the big things that ego identifies as and holy shit Oh man, people are going to be like, what the fuck is going on? That's the exact reason I posted the dress video because it's like, you know, generalizing again, but it's two different sides, the people, two different aspects of of the ego that people hold on to. And so it's just, it's funny because we're talking about the same thing, no matter what, it's always been the same thing and it always will be same exact thing. And eventually every group that holds on so tightly to their idea of themselves it's going to fucking hate us. They're going to be they're going to be looking over it's like a like a war, looking over at the other group fighting and that's the exact group that that they like always made fun of and and hated and they're all they're all fighting us. They're like, "Wait. Why are you fighting them? Why are you fighting them?" Well, cuz I'm this and they're saying that I'm not. <laughs> like, "Well, I'm this and I'm, they're saying that I'm not." Like, you see how that's going to go? Eventually, some people are going to be like, wait a second, wait a second. And there will be plenty of people along the way that do that. And that's the only reason we keep doing it for those people who are like, wait a second. Oh, oh, it's taking my idea of myself too seriously. And that's what they were questioning the whole time. It had nothing to do with some made up barometer that I was holding on to that I based my value off of it's the questioning of that the recognition that there is no possible way for that value to go anywhere other than where it's at which is you perfectly whole and complete in every single moment but it's going to be a fun ride that's for sure <laughs> oh yeah and we're, and we're not stopping because that's the whole thing is that the work is clear the work is clear 
It's identity. It's the illusion of self-image. That's what the work is, seeing beyond it, not letting ourselves get trapped by it. It's always the work, individually and apparently collectively. But it has to start individually. And as it does, we're willing to look at it. We're willing to have these questions. Because admittedly, man, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it would have ripped me apart to, to hear all of these things in the comments section, hear all of these people calling me a hateful bigot, right? To, to hear all of this, this misinterpretation. I would have just been riddled with doubt and insecurity and, 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 and people are really taking shots, like trying to tear me down. And that's the whole point that they can't. They can't because I'm not valuing myself in any particular way. It's like, oh, you think you're a guru? Nope, definitely not. That is definitely not what I think, right? I'm just discussing. Oh, you think you're a teacher? Nope, not at all, right? It's just, it's a common question. It's a common problem. It's a human problem. Identity as truth, it's a fiction. We should deal with that because it's cutting us off from even the environment. It's cutting us off from even recognizing that you know, climate change is happening, right? And you can say, well, and whatever that means. Yeah, whatever that means, climate's changing. Things are changing, right? And we're not adapting with them because we're too busy worrying about what we want to happen or what we're afraid will happen. In the same way as in that conversation with about the video clip, once we were focused on ourselves, we couldn't see the rest of the clip couldn't hear the rest of the argument, right? You were too busy worrying about enemies that weren't there, right? So how much are we doing that on a collective level? Again, how much progress are we getting in the way of by just holding on to this shit, not recognizing that identity is the root? So yeah, we're never stopping. Just gonna say that one more time. No, sir. All right. So I think, I think that's adequate. Uh, which I have another, you know, thing I want to talk about, which is basically the same exact thing <laughs> as as usual. Just another insight that I recently had, and so last couple of days I've been going through it, and what it really came down to was I was thinking about myself way too fucking much, and ever since yesterday or the day before, probably yesterday more seriously, I have not been thinking about myself like at all. And it is getting trippy, trippy as fuck, man. I, I see why you say you're always feel like you're tripping. Cause there's like, there are no thoughts going through. Like I've been laughing so much, not only because of the videos that are out there and the things going on, but I was just walking my dog and it was like a whole journey. It was a 20 minute walk and it was a whole journey. I filmed or I just had to record myself saying some stuff. One's probably going to be a video I post soon, but the other one is just this insight that I had when I was walking her. And initially I was just walking and then I'm like, everything's quiet. I'm like, I am walking. And then I just start dying laughing because like, that's the only thing that is happening is I am walking. That's it. There's no with, especially with all these videos out there, like we're getting so much fucking hate on these and there's just no concern because I see where it's coming from as well. It's so clear where all of the uh, kickback is coming from, the lashing out and everything. So anyway, start laughing and then start, you know, I film a video about how 
much freer you could feel or how many less problems would you have if you stopped thinking about yourself? And it's not to say you wouldn't have any problems, but you'd at least have a couple less because a lot of them, you know, exist inside of your mind. And and so I filmed that, whatever, and I'm walking and my dog's leash is, I don't know, six feet long. And all of a sudden I don't feel any tension on the leash. And, and for a second, my heart drops because there was a car going by and I was like, oh shit, did she run away? And I looked down, she's right there. The leash is still there. She's still attached to the leash. And then everything just hit me like a fucking freight train. And I was like, holy fuck. That's the feeling we're always trying to avoid is that lack of tension relative, like where we exist relative to the bounds we create for ourselves. So most of the time when I'm walking, she's like a fast walker and she's kind of pulling. There's always a little bit of tension. And all of a sudden she was right beside me. There was no tension whatsoever. And, and I kind of reacted. I was like, oh, whoa. And then I looked down. She's right there. I was like, holy shit. That feeling, that feeling of like free falling, sort of what it is. Or we've used this example when you're walking down the steps and you think there's a step and there isn't that, that extra foot where it's like, whoa. And then you land. That's freedom. That's lack of perception of yourself as something relative to everything else in reality. And I was just like, holy shit. So that tension is an example of, you know, the, the conflict, the friction between ourself and reality. And it's, it's known, it kind of gives us a direction when there's tension on it. I can see, I can tell where my dog is without looking at her. I can know if she's, you know, a little bit in front, a little bit behind, because I can feel the tension relative to where I am and where she is. That gives us the sense of security, but it also is on a fucking leash. She's on a leash the whole time. She's she's in a prison, essentially. She can only go so far, incredibly limited based on, you know, the distance of the leash, how far she can go. And no matter how far, how long that leash is, if there's tension, it's still a leash. If you're holding on to a sense of self, an idea of yourself that you've taken as truth, no matter how far you could have a hundred foot leash, and you're still not free. You could have a two foot leash. It's the same thing. It's, it's just that tension, seeing yourself as something relative to reality. And the thing is, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with that tension. But it's the recognition that can be used as a tool, but it's almost an illusion. Like it's, it's that leash is an illusion, but it allows us to interact with the rest of society. But it isn't the truth. The truth is that there is no leash. We, we create the leash to allow us to to exist relatively to society, but it's just, it's a figment of your imagination, that leash. But it's what we do to, to avoid that feeling, that feeling with the lack of tension. We're like, whoa, whoa, that's weird. I can't, you know, I can't perceive myself relative to others. It's like, that's what freedom is. So anyway, that just was like tripping me out. And then after I was, I was walking back and I was like, what is all this? It was like, it's like, oh my God, it's all me. Oh, uh, just whacking me in the face. So anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. That's funny. That's uh, it's always right in front of us. Like the symbolism in every moment. That's what we were communicating at the retreat, right? Is that there is this symbolic language that's happening. 
all the time where we can learn things from it in terms of like imagery or visuals or however you'd like to, to describe it. And that potential is always there, but we're so caught up in, you know, dog, leash, person, car, world, right? Like it's all a physical mentality. We don't tap into that subjective to any large degree, right? Like we, we largely avoid it because there's so much shit in there. We don't want to deal with it, right? Like that's the whole thing. I, I, I think that it's easy to forget that that all of the stuff you've ever learned to, to identify with and hold on to and, and habitually think about is all blocking your awareness of the reality that you are. It's all, it's like static on, on the radio. It's blocking the signal. You can't hear the, the tune. So you have to work that stuff away, right? But it takes time. And it really is about just surrendering each and every idea of yourself right? All the time. And, and your triggers are a great way to know where you're stuck, right? It's a great way to know, oh, I'm still holding on to that. It's causing me pain, right? And, and so, and again, that doesn't mean you can't do anything about reality as a whole. It just means you're going to be less bogged down by shit and able to respond clearly, to empathize with greater ease, right? To, to be more fluid and get what needs to be done, done at the end of the day. Um, you got another one or I got a question here in the comments section, if you prefer. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, first we're going to cover this one. Is destiny the same as free will? Enter. Oh, baby. All right. I actually saw that one before I meant to go back to it, and bring it up, but, um, uh, that is so destiny is really nothing more than a concept. It's it's a word. It's going to mean something differently to everyone. But I think the way that most people see it is this sort of fixed path that you're supposed to be on or, or a place that you're supposed to get to. It's like achieving your destiny, like you, you were made for it. And free will is... What was the what was the question again? Destiny is destiny free will? Is destiny the same thing as free will? Okay. And so no, I think they're like just kind of different conversations, honestly, to a degree. Um, so we've covered free will a bit. And so I think I used to think about free will. I used to think like, you know, free will doesn't exist because you didn't choose your parents, you didn't choose your upbringing, yada, yada, yada. Everything leading up to this moment right now was dictated based on those original things. But that's based on, you know, the perception of of Andrew and your the way that you see it shifts based on how you see yourself. And so in damn Siri again. Um, so in every single moment, you have the opportunity to express freedom to whatever capacity that you're, you're able to typically relatively to how tightly you hold on to that idea of yourself, how, how tightly you cling to the story. that's always been, if you're clinging very tightly to the story, it kind of limits your, your options in a way, because you have this limited idea of yourself. It's like, you know, being on the leash. If the leash is only six feet long. The radius is six feet. The circumference 
six times, you know, whatever that, that math equation is, it's limited. It's, it's only going to be a certain amount of potential options that you see because you see yourself in a certain way and what you can and can't do is predicated based on that. When you let go more and more of that idea of you, that, you know, radius expands and to a point where if there, you recognize that the idea of you, the story is, is never the truth of what you are. It's like that potential that you have in every single moment is limitless. And, and that is free will expressed. And so it's always going to be on a spectrum based on how you perceive yourself. And so if you recognize that you're not the story, it's like you're just will embodied in every single moment. And you're able to experience that freedom, which, you know, you could perceive as our destiny. I uh, just, I don't really like that word very much at all. Cause it implies this like grand plan and path that we're, we're getting to. It's like, you're it right now. That's, that's the extent here now. Curious. You're, you're nodding your head over there, but destiny I see is this, you know, end point that like we get to, and that's it. And so could it be that letting go of the idea of you is that, but it's only here now. It's not a path. It's not a story. I think it's a really interesting question because I mean, if you were to look at it in terms of like an analogy of, of like water droplets in a wave, right? Like each water droplet is having its own experience, but they're all bound in the wave. And so regardless of their own experience within their sphere, they are a part of a larger thing that is happening and ultimately a larger direction that is unfolding. And you would look that at, at that larger direction as, as destiny, right? So each of us have free will, but we're all interacting within an environment that is moving together, which indicates a larger tapestry. And so it's such an interesting thing because now if you were to expand that a bit and say that the wave is actually made of numerous different liquids with different levels of viscosity, right? So each liquid based on its resistance to being part of the wave would modify the flow of the wave because it would become more fluid or less fluid. So you'd have this wave that's built up of like chunky bits and flowing bits, right? And so each of us are one of those bits. And as we relax, the wave becomes more fluid, changing its direction. Right. But if we're changing its direction, that means it's going somewhere, which implies that now your part in that larger flow has changed and that there are going to be certain inevitable inevitabilities as we go in that direction that one could easily look at as destiny. Right. And this is where you get the idea of prophecy seers, people who are able to see the flow clearly enough that they can kind of see like probabilities because that's really all it is, right? Based on where the direction is going right now. We were talking about this the other day about like prophecies of humans eventually getting weapons that could cut through the sky, right? Like this was 2000 years ago, right? It's like, how, how do we come up with that? Well, by seeing us try to build bigger, better weapons all the time, <laughs> taking the limitations off in just enough time. You're like, yeah, we're going to get there, right? And so that's that's kind of thing. So back back to the point though, destiny is just a word that we tend to look at as an endpoint instead of the collective direction of the flow, which is modified by our free will, as much as our free will is modified by the flow. 
yeah. So it's not this predetermined place. It, it's all relative to how it's flowing and whatnot and, and how we see ourselves. And so that's funny with the, the free will, our capacity to experience it is based on how limited we see ourselves or how vast we see ourselves. Because if we're limited, the limited idea is very stagnant. And when, when we talk, we talk about flow, flow state, it's like, it's perfectly appropriate to this analogy. Holy shit. Like for a river or a wave or whatever, they all flow, always flowing. Nature is always flowing. So being in flow state is just letting go of that stagnation that is caused by clinging so tightly to where you think you should be going or what you think you should be doing or what you think you are as something separate from all of it. So the more you let go, the more tap into flow state is literally just tapping into that collective destiny and that ability to have an impact on it. But it's so far removed from that egotistical control that we try and hold on to. It is the opposite end of the spectrum. It is a letting go that allows us to not control, but have more sensitivity in order to influence it now, here and now, the only place you could ever possibly influence it. But, you know, the ego promises control the whole thing, control, control you as something separate. But, you know, that's such a fucking limited idea that we settle upon such a limited idea and it's it's funny how in some of these movies we've been i've been watching or i love you know star wars egos the dark side the the recognition of unity the flow tapping into that is the light side the force and, and ego is just you know the dark side promises all of that control you can you can go beyond you know your death you can experience eternal life, but it's like as the idea of you, it's like, no, you can actually experience eternal life through letting go of that, relinquishing that control. But it doesn't sound as as nice and, and fancy and special because you got to let go of all of those things that you hold on to for a sense of value, for a sense of identity, for a sense of worth so long until you recognize that that worth doesn't waver. It doesn't change ever. It's only the perception of it, which is determined based off of how you see yourself relative to everyone else. So. Beautifully said. Absolutely. Uh, we have another question, oddly enough, in the same vein as what you were just talking about. Andrew, you made the comment that consciousness existed even after death. And, um, I asked about that. You referred me to the podcast. I listened to it twice, but I never heard what I was listening for. Uh, could you and Ray discuss this? So I'm going to let you go first. Consciousness after death. So the idea that consciousness ends at your death is, is we have to recognize what you are. Before talking about death, we have to recognize what you are. And the reality is that you know, you're not the idea. It's rooted in the past. It's something separate from reality. You're not the concept. So as you let go more and more through a questioning, all the things that you latch onto that you believe to be the truth, 
what you are. You know, your name that was just given to you, you know, the story you tell yourself, all rooted in the past. You're just here now. So without so much, so many barriers to between yourself and reality that that are allowed to be dropped through the recognition that you're never what you think you are, no one else is ever what they think they are. There's a there's a common denominator there. Being here now. I'm here now. That is it. And so consciousness is what is here and now, beyond the stories, beyond the labels, beyond whatever you think that you are relative to what is. You're just reality here now. Not a story, not a concept, not an idea, not anything that you believe that you are or think that you are. So the here and now, it's always been existence itself. It's always been, always will be because, you know, what would be before existence? Non-existence, but non-existence came before existence, then non-existence would exist. And that would be existence. Same consciousness, existence, God, awareness, they're all just words pointing to the same thing that it's the truth of what you are. It's always been, always will be as the here and now. So it, I think you ha always have to start this conversation with, you know, what are, what do you think you are? And, and getting through that, you're able to recognize that, oh, I'm not something that could die. So yeah. anyway, nice. throw it back to Ray. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, there's also time. So we have this perception of time, but time itself does not exist. So what I mean is that each moment exists in potential as a possibility between the observer and the observed. They all exist forever in potential in the here and now, which doesn't exist in space and time but it is the experience of space and time. Okay, so we experience space and time and, and we do so because that's the nature of, of this illusion of the observer versus the observed. But that's a living experience. We experience time because we are time. We are the experience of time. The time itself does not exist, which means that when you die, there is no after. There's no after you die because the entire perspective of living is time. So when your body ceases, so does time. That's the point is that you're always there. You're always in the eternal now, which is always, but you have a perspective of a sequential order to these moments that is life. And your life is basically going from one option to another. All of the possibilities of your life exist as potential moments. And there are realities where you're experiencing them, like you're experiencing this one. It's just as real to you in that variation. But they all exist at once. And they're only experienced by us within them. That's the beauty of this gift of existence. Time. The progression of moments, the illusion of, of some structure, structure to all this. We, we're born and then we die, right? That's all it is. But that whole illusion of time doesn't exist. The illusion ends when we die. The illusion of division ends when we die. Awareness does not end. 
because there is no actually after we die. It's always just the here and now, forever. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's getting kind of trippy. I, I think this is still something. I don't know if I can necessarily fully wrap my head around this, which excites me because a lot of stuff that we've talked about, I do wrap my head around. Um, so with the, like, I know what you're saying, but I don't know if I'm following in the, those words. We've described it this way before and it's, it's useful. If you look at life, like a movie strip, all of the frames exist, but it's not until you're playing the movie that you see them in order. Okay. The end of living is just the end of the movie strip playing. It's not the end of its existence. It's still existing. Right. And so that's all of our stories are like movie strips, but every variation of your story is also a movie strip and they all exist at the same time. All moments exist at the same time in the here and now it's all just potential. It's all just potential. Right? This is just one series of potential events. That's all this is that we're experiencing. All the other ones are just as real to us experiencing them. Right? This is something that science is starting to understand in terms of like, you know, parallel universes and, and dimensions and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it, all it is because, as I was saying in our uh, interview that we just did with Mila, there was no Big Bang right in the way that we typically look at it like we look at it like the big bang happened time has happened since then not that the big bang happened and it created all of time because the big bang actually never happened it is all of that potential remember they're like well, there's nothing with more energy than the big bang why do you think that is because all possible universes are in it potentially Right. And that's when they're like, well, the Big Bang happened faster than the speed of light. Yeah, it happened faster than time, in fact. Right. Because it, time came into existence in that potential. Time is, an, is a creation of that potential. It doesn't actually exist. It's part of the experience that that potential is expanding outwards to. If that makes more sense. Yeah, no, I'm I'm following you. It's just, yeah, this is. I think this is a part that I'm not. I don't know if I like. I'm following what you're saying. I don't know if I would be able to re-explain it necessarily. The movie strip one, I I get that for sure. I think, yeah, it's interesting because it all like it gets really trippy for me when I start recognizing that like every moment is infinite potential, and so you start thinking about you know like oh I'm I'm on this path but you know there's also this path this path this path and that's just you know my mind trying to comprehend infinity which it can't because like you keep going and then it's like it's like whoa and then it like circles back to you here now it's like the paradox of the the hand reaching into the box which is reaching into itself and it's like that's the only way you can explain it 
no there's other ways yeah <laughs> but like lots of times trying to explain it so i like this this particular way so if you were to close your eyes and get completely disconnected from the idea of your body just let it go okay so that way there's nothing but what it is you're experiencing within your awareness you're not even aware of your head it's just your awareness and whatever that weird it's not black it's whatever it is it's just the reality that doesn't have any color or, or light or anything else your awareness okay in that awareness you can think of anything anything in any reality in any shape all you have to do is put enough time and attention into it and let go of possibilities right that is the void that's the big bang that everything's in there okay but reality is that expressed physically like that character you just imagined in your head that other andrew you just imagined in your head exists but he can't exist here because it would conflict with the andrew that you're experiencing right now so there has to be a whole new universe for it but you have to look at it subjectively to understand what it is we're bringing across everything is potential within your awareness and the physical universe you're experiencing is that potential expressed that's why it's so vast inner and outer is the same thing oh geez all right now I'm definitely tripping oh that's that so i was going like when i close my eyes it's just like going through all of these it was like i was seeing myself in different iterations for some reason i was playing a bunch of different sports it's like i was playing all the sports and it was just like whoosh, 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 like i was kicking a soccer ball and then up on a podium in like a big stadium and and you know playing baseball and football and you know sports i've never played before like and it's oh yeah it just started like and, and then it all started like when it started going faster and then it was like all of those things that i was thinking about just started like blending together that's when i opened my eyes and i was like oh fuck so yeah and you're it's just like, envisioning andrew we're talking about a limitless awareness that isn't bound by the idea of andrew so every shape every form in every environment that's why the universe is so goddamn big oh man so it's like because it's you know everything and nothing perceived as anything in every iteration any incarnation anything could possibly fathom or imagine and even that like what you could imagine is still like i don't know right now i feel kind of limited like it's not but because I, I could just go through variation and variation variation but I couldn't perceive all of it like right now, like right now, I feel like I just perceived a bunch of different shit, but it was still like, I don't know, a hundred things. And like, is that that's eternity is, is through all of those iterations. Fuck man. <laughs> yeah, and this is why at one point Buddha actually just closed his eyes and said, I just lived 10,000 lives. It's the same point right like that that's exactly it time does not exist it's just the perception of time that exists the experience of time that exists the variations 
of time, just like the seasons, cycles within cycles, right? There's no difference. It's just, are you willing to look at, at the subjective responsibility of that? Are you willing? And normally that just requires you to let go of yourself enough, right? And that's it. Because the more you let go of yourself, what happens? The more you are. More potential that you have. But it's also, again, the more responsibility you have, but also the more influence you have. Oh, dude, I swear. my I mean, my eyes are dark, but I feel like my pupils are massive right now. Like This is how like I could hear my voice because this is when I'm tripping my balls off. Like this is how I laugh and talk. And it's like feeling pretty trippy right now. But oh, man. No, not okay. just you. It's not just you. Like, this is the point. Like, you're surrendering the the limited drama, right? Like, you're surrendering the, the human story, and as a result, you get a glimpse of the divine. You get a glimpse of the bigger picture. But it, it's like we were saying earlier. How long can you do that? And is it important to you? How important is it to you? Right? Are you just looking for a way to feel better? Or are you curious and enthusiastic about exactly how far the rabbit hole goes? Because it's going to come down to that. At some point, you're going to have an option between satisfying some petty complaint or letting it go and finding another insight. It's so important to understand this. Like There's a trade. You may think the thing that you're defending is important. Is it that important that you're willing to give up freedom? Is it that important that you're willing to limit your potential? And only you can decide that. And there is no right answer. You can do whatever you want. You can spend your entire life in conflict or not. And for me, I, I've seen a whole world throughout history that has doubled down on conflict, doubled down on difference equaling division. I think we have a lot of potential. I know we do. We have all potential, limitless potential in the here and now, as we just described, all we're learning to do is let it loose. All we're learning to do is tap into it and allow it to actually modify the flow that we were talking about earlier. Right? And it's transformative. There's, there's miracles that can happen here because we are changing the nature of what it is to exist. We're changing the nature of the responsibility that we're willing to play in terms of our role as reality. We don't know what's possible there. What we do know is that the farther down this path we go, the more insights we are getting into the nature of reality, the nature of quantum mechanics, the nature of humanity, this is all transformative. We are already in the process of evolving or uh, getting closer to the, to the core because that's another cycle within a cycle. We lose ourselves, we find ourselves. We lose ourselves, we find ourselves. And it's individual and collective. And right now the pendulum is starting to swing back and we're a part of it. So strap on. Whee! Uh. Oh fucking a, dude! I'm. Uh, this is really true. This is like back at the retreat that you know after staring at the void. Those conversations we had. 
that's what it feels like right now. And it's like, yeah, it's funny that that uh, egotistical desire that we've gotten so used to holding on to that just limits us and we don't even know because we've built this perception that it doesn't like this way to go to use it and get to freedom and and like all of these fascinating ways of thinking that we can get to the place of freedom through a limitation through an inherent limitation like that's that's where we're at and it's expressing itself in so many different ways coming out in new ways all the time and it's always the same thing that limitation of this of pure freedom limitlessness it's like we we can't even we don't even want to try and comprehend that at all it's like what if we did what if we what if we did what if we stopped fighting it what if we just saw where it went what if we felt that slack in the leash and didn't pull back just just let it go see where it takes me what kind of influence can i actually have that's exciting that's interesting right yeah people aren't talking about that one no because we don't we're so caught it's funny we were saying earlier like we're gonna we're going to upset people who identify in certain ways you know talking about gender pronouns talking about nationalism it's a perfect example hell even just talking about the oil industry that's gonna upset some people too right but the big one which isn't coming for quite some time because we're going to have to build some traction first is the concept of human. That's the big one. We have this concept of human and it's superficial at best. We completely disregard the subjective, right? Despite the fact that we've known of the placebo effect for quite some time, like we're aware the mind is playing a bigger role but we haven't we haven't had the clarity to be able to explore that and and now we know why identity we're so caught up in the illusion that we can't explore the reality and now that we know that that's exciting this is what drives my enthusiasm this is exactly why i'm exactly the way i am all the time because holy crap what else can we do like in my own life, I spent so long doubting every, every single thing I ever did. I spent so long hating every single thing about myself. Like somebody's like, you've never experienced, you know, body dysphoria. You have no idea the level of self-loathing that I've went through in my life at all. And I came out of that and went, oh my God, there's an out of that. And I got very excited about the potential of what that could mean for the world. And I was passing out flyers. I was going and talking to people. I was introducing myself as God for years. Like I went full out. Let's make a ripple. People did not share my enthusiasm. <laughs> and that didn't dampen my enthusiasm a bit. It just taught me patience. It taught me the value of a slow drip. Right? Consistent ripples. It doesn't matter about the size. 
It matters that it's important to you and only you because you are everything. And that's when it starts to actually have an impact. It's the craziest shit. It's so funny. Like everything truly is within your awareness, including the perception that there's something outside of your awareness. So going through what I just went through with my eyes closed and like being able to see everything, thinking about manifestation and you've talked before about, you know, what if the thing that you're manifesting, the thing you're grateful for reinforces your perception of division? Like, holy shit. So manifestation, you know, because I was thinking if I could imagine everything inside of my mind or a bunch of shit at once, like a bunch of iterations of things could be possible and you know, no division, no internal, no external. It's like there is a degree of, of imagining things into reality, like being able to see it in your mind sort of, and then it, it happening, I guess. Who's mind? Yeah. Well, that's where I'm going with this is you've made that statement about manifestation. So like people say, you know, manifestation is real. Like this happened to me, this blah, 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 blah. But what they're doing through that, getting what they want is reinforcing the illusion even more deeply through getting the thing that I want, that I manifested with my mind. And it's all reinforcing, taking them further from that freedom. They're just like they get the you know the car, the house, whatever that they manifested, the the freedom that they fucking manifested, that I manifested, and it's that action in and of itself is imprisoning them further. They're get getting more caught up in the idea of me being separate from reality because I was able to manifest this. Like it's even able to do that. Like it's. Oh, like a mind so vast that it's able to limit itself. Holy and, shit. And convince itself that it's not doing it. Right? That's that's the funniest trick, like limitless. I, I really, I, I sat in awe one day of my ability to fool myself. Because it's incredible. Like, wow, what a limitless ability. Could you imagine being so vast that you can actually fool yourself into thinking you're not. But I think to some degree, it's a bit of a coping mechanism too, <laughs> admittedly, because sitting in that space where you're not attached to Andrew, you're not attached to your body, you actually let go of your entire earthly experience. So that way, every possibility is in that, in that place or in that lack of place and time. Like that's the point is that the more you can let go of the experience you've had as Andrew, the more access you have to all experience. That one's tricky, right? And I would caution anybody listening to this to do so gently and slowly, because if you're not used to having a cessation of identity, if you're not used to living in that place where there is no trajectory, there's just the here and now. You're going to feel some really primal shit come up. There's going to be an extreme end of joy and freedom. And on the other hand, whole lack of fear and uncertainty. And you have to sit in the middle. 
and not give into your opinion of either. Because that's where you self-define. It really is that much of a razor's edge. You can stare into the abyss as long as you don't form an opinion of it. As soon as you do, you're back in the fiction of you and the abyss will slap you around. Because it's my opinion. It's me. Fuck. So, mm, yeah, because initially, it's so it's like, you know, going back to that leash experience. It's like, as soon as that happens, it's like, oh, it's like this, this sort of jolt. Like, that's seems like similar to staring into the abyss. It's different. It's a different experience. It's incredibly uncertain. It is uncertainty. It's like raw uncertainty, not even like mostly uncertainty. It's just uncertainty, just almost like I don't, floating in nothingness with the potential to do or experience or be anything. So when you say be, you know, hesitant or, or careful of that, if you do, you know, begin to form an opinion, it's going to take, it's almost like, could it be like, it's wherever you go with it. If you, if you go towards fear, it's like exponential fear. Like it, it shoots you in that direction. As soon as you form that opinion of it question. Um, so in your normal life as Andrew, when you become afraid, your brain reinforces that fear with all of the experiences that Andrew has had where he was afraid. When you're not attaching to Andrew, you have access to all of the experiences of fear that are within your awareness. So there's, exactly, that would be the look that, that's appropriate to what I'm saying right now, right? And, and so there's so much more that's symbolic of fear, but that's where you get start getting into the metaphysical as well. That's where you start getting people like looking at entities from other dimensions and stuff like that, like the symbolism and exactly how vast your mind is, right? So yeah, there's a lot to this conversation. It's funny, it's like every time we get into the deep end, there's just more goddamn deep end, isn't there? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like it never ends and goes on for eternity, huh? Funny how that goes, but that's that makes sense. That's kind of what I was thinking of with, you know, staring into the abyss, whichever direction it's like, it's infinity of that experience. It's like that experience to infinity degree, like no matter what, but it's only when you have an opinion of it, which isn't necessary. It just is because you're placing the opinion on top of it. It's There is no thing about it. There is no way to describe it. It's the ineffable, undescribable, like not way, you know, no good, bad, fear, joy, but the potential to be all of it and to experience all. Of it. And I feel like, you know, when I was, you know, a couple of weeks ago, staring into it, it was like, there wasn't, I didn't really have an opinion for a while until it was like, 
I kind of don't want to do this anymore. I kind of want to get back to the body. And then it was like, I almost couldn't get out of it. It was like panic starts to settle in. Yeah. And, and that's applicable to our experience, not staring into the, into the void. Applicable to our experience. Yeah. Which isn't any different than staring into the void. Like it's all the same spectrum. It's like we were saying to Mila in the episode today, by the way, that episode is going to be awesome for anybody listening to this right now. Uh, Episode two, season four is going to be probably out tomorrow. Uh, Definitely tune in. Fantastic conversation. So insightful. So much fun. Absolutely. Uh, We're going to have to wrap up here in about 10 minutes, but I just wanted to say this has been a fun conversation. It's funny because once you stop trying to have insight, there's so many insights (laughs) that are there. And it's because, again, you're out of the way. It really is that like, it's so funny, but it really is that to greater or lesser degrees. And and you can use that as a governor for your experience, right? Like you can use the idea of yourself in order to relate to people who are lost in the idea of themselves. This is why, um, you know, I I will tend to, I'll I'll tend to laugh at myself or I'll self, I'll self, self deprecate, right? Do I take any of that seriously? No. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a little bit, but it's something that people can relate to. It's something I used to do. It's something that I know humans do, right? And so I use it as a tool to establish a bridge, but I don't have anything about myself to self-deprecate about, right? I'm not trying to be likable. I'm not trying to, you know, look at myself as villain. Nothing I think about myself is the truth. None of it. Right. And, and in that is a great deal of freedom right? and uncertainty. But the difference is, is that once you stop resisting that uncertainty, once you stop having an opinion about that uncertainty, you start to recognize that there's so much room, there's so much potential. And it really is that same spectrum, right? The more you let go of your idea of yourself, the more access you have to the potential of everything you are. And saying that, I would like to say, I don't know how far that goes, but I'm very curious. And when I say I'm very curious, I don't think it's something that Ray will accomplish. I think it's something that we, and by we, I mean the collective I, as we become more aware that we are that collective I, I think that it's something we will accomplish together in recognizing that we're one. I think that there is such a path in terms of our potential and what's possible that we just can't see because we're not thinking as one we're we're you know like a person who's suffering from extreme multiple personalities you know eight billion of them and we're trying to figure shit out so until we come together and actually like recognize like we're one it's going to be very difficult for us to make any decisions that stick yeah that that makes a lot of sense. It was, it was funny. I like that. Uh, that's something that, that humans do. Self-deprecating. I'll, I'll do some of that. <laughs> That'll make me more relatable. <laughs> that's awesome. But it's like as above, so below. Like whole, We just don't see that as above. And we're only thinking of ourselves as below and as divided and separate. And 
individual and oh man so because when you say you don't think it's something ray will accomplish because there is a limitation to experience like i i know what you mean do you so like why do you think it's like a, a collective because there's just so much weight in the opposition like in the caught up in the belief that they're not it that it it like i think counteracts i think it's the inevitability of this path um the more you recognize that you're not you or individual um the more you can relate to people it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about like the timing where things just happen on their own right well you get there through through working on your on yourself and getting out of the way and then all of a sudden everybody else around you who's doing the same thing is suddenly informing you in ways that you didn't do on your own because there's so much more access to your mind right because that's what these people are they're more of your mind and so all of a sudden that 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 concentration of of responsibility opens doors that weren't there before and so when i say i don't think ray will do it i mean individually right because there is no ray I think whatever Ray's a part of will do it. Right. And the same is true for our listeners. The same is true for you. But I don't think that it can be done from the point of view of an individual. I think that that's what's disempowering us. Right. And, and the more we can get out of that mentality, I think the more we're going to see exactly what we're capable of and that we're going to start answering a lot of questions about some of our ancient mysteries, like how this pyramid get here. Hmm. yeah fucking a so because oh man the disparity i've experienced in the last couple days has been fascinating like in my own experience and it's all been relative to how much i'm thinking about myself like today for example the leash example that i've brought up so many times like that's probably happened a hundred times in the last week but I was so caught up in something, even if I wasn't necessarily thinking like I sort of was, it was, it was in there. There were these concerns and thoughts about all related to, you know, the idea of Andrew. And and so today I'm on this walk laughing because I'm like, I'm walking, like I'm putting on my shoes. Like that's all that's in there. I, I promise there's no, there's like no other thoughts happening. And all of a sudden it's like, that happens and it's like it was one of the most profound things that i feel like is up there that has happened to me and it was just my dog didn't have tension on the leash anymore and it was Not just but, right to you it was a whole subjective experience to you there was way more involved than what was happening with that dog right like there's almost like there's two things happening where you can see like the thing and then this symbolic representation of the thing. Like, and they're both overlaid with one another, right? So there's so much more that we're experiencing, but we just discount it as imagination. It's like, no, you're just really not settling into what's happening internally here. Like you're really just not giving it your awareness because there's, there's that shit all the time. It's always there. But I would like to say that you couldn't have gotten there if not for the thinking about yourself that led up to it. It's important to recognize that. 
That is very important to recognize. We always like to vilify that that side of the story. Uh, but yeah, I know. And it's it's I've I've talked about this before, you know, looking back on your life, how many things do you think you were going through that was bad and then ended up being good? And it's like fucking happens over and over. And the more it happens, the more the less seriously you take, you know, the lulls. But it doesn't mean that you still don't get caught up like that's it so vast that we can lose ourselves in the story. That's how fucking real it seems. Uh, can, no matter what, no matter how, no matter how many times we see it, how many times we stare into the void, it's that weird. I'm that powerful that I'm able to continue over and over and over and over to convince myself that I'm separate, that I am the story. And it comes in so many different ways, so many different ways that it fucking gets you. Mm. Oh yeah. For sure. It's driven me for so long. Like I just enjoy the enthusiasm of it. Somebody was asking, you know, isn't this uh, just a coping mechanism though, or a coping skill because you feel less afraid when you believe that you're everything. I don't believe I'm everything. I just want to say that right now. Um, the reality of what we're talking about was the last thing I wanted. I just want to express that. I was completely committed to the idea of myself as a measure of value. It's super convenient. It makes sense. Everybody else is doing it, right? So getting here, wasn't a result of coping. Getting here was a result of work. Hard, hard work to let go of everything that I assumed. So just, just so you know, it's not a belief. If you're believing we're all one, you are missing it entirely. Okay, that has to be a result of you getting out of your confusion so that, way, so that way it becomes obvious. It's not something you should believe me about or Andrew or anybody else. Anybody who's like, you know, we're all one, just believe it. Don't believe that. Okay, because we're not all one, we're all you. And that is going to take a while for you to really take in. Don't rush it. Okay, just question everything. Question everything until only you remain. And then you're there. So we are going to wrap this up, take a short break, and we're going to be continuing on Patreon for a group discussion on Zoom where you can join us, get on the screen, actually talk to us face-to-face, -face, ask your questions. We can deep dive on a bunch of this because it's going to be going on for the next little while. If you can join us, just go to patreon.com slash dualisticunity. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this live stream. We appreciate you sitting patiently with us as we address the elephant in the room, and then went on a merry jaunt through eternity. I'm excited for this Patreon call, that's for sure, because I'm straight up tripping my dick off right now, and it is it is wild. Oh, this is this is fun. This is fun. But yeah, thank you all for joining, and I look forward to the next one. Hey, everyone.